The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice Welcome to Gorman Lasser Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. I'm by myself today, well, more or less. Um, Friday morning. I will be off for a week after today, heading to San Diego right after the show. Pretty excited about it. A lot to talk about today. Before that, Tiger Woods, three over through 10, the Open Championship, even par. Roy McIlroy, two under through nine. Uh, he's looking pretty good so far. Rory goes as his putter goes, and his putter's been hot thus far. So uh, it would be great for an Irishman to win the Open Championship. The last time an Englishman won the championship was 1969 when it was played in England and Royal Liverpool is in England. Uh, Adam Scott had a pretty good first round. Uh, it, it, I'm really excited to see what he can do in a tournament like this because he's got his countrymen behind him. Uh, he's one of the hottest golfers in golf right now. He's won his la- he won his last two starts. Uh, I would love to see an Englishman win this. In England, Nick Faldo won three Open Championships, but all of them were in Scotland. And and as an Englishman, he's he always wanted to win one there, and and he's been documented as as being one of the greatest golfers ever. And uh, again, it, I'm pulling for Adam Scott in this tournament. Uh, Tiger started slow, like he started slow yesterday. Started bogey bogey yesterday, I believe. He started with three bogeys today. It was three over through three holes, birdied six, and uh, has dropped the stroke since then. Uh, this will be a true test to see where Tiger is in his golf game, in his comeback. I talked about Tiger 2.0 yesterday, a little bit more easygoing, less stressed, kind of has more balance in his life, which I think is really important. And, and again, as I said yesterday, I think that he's happier as a person now and kind of has some perspective on how important golf really is in the grand scheme of his life. He's got two beautiful kids. Lindsey Vaughn is now his his new love, and I, I think the balance that he's had over the past few years is something that he had been lacking since you know the age of three. So we'll see if, if he can. He crushed the back nine yesterday, so we'll see if he can come up, come back, put up a a pretty low score on the back, and if he can shoot two under or three under in the final seven holes, uh, he'll be in a good position going into the weekend. Tiger hasn't been in contention in a major going into the weekend in, in a long time. So not only will it be good for ratings, but I think it will be good for his psyche in, in, in an effort for him to uh, come back to you know, at least a shade of, of what he used to be. Adam Wainwright, I didn't talk about this yesterday in, in the Major League Baseball All-Star game, which was Tuesday, so I know I'm a little late. I was quoted as saying that he piped a couple down the middle for Derek Jeter in his first at-bat in Derek Jeter's last All-Star game. I'm not sure if it was an homage to him. I'm not sure if it was 
just saying, you know, thank you for doing all you've done for the game of baseball. Uh, he obviously retracted uh, the statement after, said it was taken out of context, said that's not what he meant. But it comes back to the point that I've always made that the Major League Baseball All-Star Game should not have any sort of bearing on the regular season if the fans have anything to say about who starts the All-Star Game. Derek Jeter wouldn't have been the starting shortstop if the fans had nothing to do with it. He would have been a reserve. He would have played you know, an inning or two. But that would be the manager's and, and general manager's choice. People that actually know a lot about baseball. And not fans that just say, oh, I know that name. I'm going to vote for him. It's just not fair. I'll talk about that a little later. Kevin Love, still in the news. He's been in the news ever since the season ended. There were talks about him going to Golden State for Clay Thompson and Derek, uh, David Lee. Now the talks are heating up about him going to Cleveland. And Cleveland, for a while, said that they weren't going to include Andrew Wiggins in a potential trade, the number one overall pick out of Kansas. And now they've taken that back and said, you know, Andrew Wiggins will be in a package to go to Minnesota if they can land Kevin Love. I have a couple problems with that. And I think I'm going to start with that. Number one, LeBron signs a two-year, $42 million deal with a player option after the first year. It's widely talked about that he's doing this because the TV contract is up, uh, which will lend to having more money, higher salary caps, so he can make more money on a max deal at the end of this contract than if he were to have signed it coming out of Miami straight away. I'm not sure if that's necessarily the case. I've said this from day one that I think that it's, you know, it, it's a it's a test. It's a test to see what Cleveland can do. And if I were the GM and Dan Gilbert, the owner, I would do whatever he says. He said he wanted to play with Kevin Love. He said he wants to win. He but he knew that it was going to be, it was going to be a process. It was going to be a growing process in Cleveland. He said he's all for that. You know, he's always been a, a great guy in interviews. He's always marketed himself well. He's always kept out of trouble. So his word is gold at this point. I just truly don't believe that that's why he signed a smaller deal. I truly believe that he's given them a chance to do everything that they didn't do when he was in Cleveland the first time. So the city of Cleveland, Dan Gilbert, GM, coaches, everybody is at the mercy of what LeBron James wants. And he wants Kevin Love. This is potentially throwing the future of the Cleveland Cavaliers away by trading Andrew Wiggins, if that's the case. You have Kyrie Irving there, who's about to hit his prime. LeBron James is... At the pinnacle of his career right now. Kevin Love is almost there. He's 25. He's a 25 and 12 guy. There are none of those in the NBA anymore. They can score that many points and be that prolific on the boards. So when LeBron says something, it's going to go in Cleveland. And that's always how it's been. And I don't think that's right. I said yesterday that players are running the NBA now. They're getting smarter, they're getting craftier, they're talking to each other more, 
They're they're, they're uh, listening to their coaches less, and this is a problem. Yes, he's the best player on the planet. Of course, he should have a, some sort of say in player personnel, but he shouldn't be in every meeting. He shouldn't be saying, I want this person, I want this person, I want this person. They signed James Jones because that was a LeBron guy. They signed Mike Miller because that was a LeBron guy. He is running the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. And I think that this is foreshadowing to a bad run that the NBA is going to go through with players getting whatever they want. This is still an occupation. They're still employees. Granted, high-paid, high-profile employees. But they still get their paycheck signed by somebody else. LeBron wants Kevin Love. If Kevin Love does not go there, he said he wants to. So, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily a formality, but it's not the opposite. If Kevin Love does not go to Cleveland and they, you know, say Cleveland gets the two seed and they don't make it to the finals, there's going to be questions. After one season, there will be questions. Is LeBron going to come back? Is he going to field offers from other teams? Is he going to try and join Kevin Love somewhere else? I don't think that the Cleveland Cavaliers should be resting easy right now. I still think they should be sleeping with one eye open until LeBron signs that max deal. If he wanted to go home and he wanted to stay there forever, you sign a max deal and you restructure it when the salary cap uh, rises. You add another year for 30 mil on the back end. There's so much gray when it comes to contracts now that you can rip one up and sign a new one the next day if everybody's okay with it. So Cleveland is still in a precarious position, even though they have a great, they have a great nucleus right now adding LeBron James into the mix. LeBron James has played with one double-double guy in his whole career. 2003-2004, Carlos Boozer in Cleveland. I think averaged 15-11. and 11. Carlos Boozer, who just signed with the Lakers, who was picked up by the Lakers for $3.2 million because they were the highest bidder, has always had better numbers than you know, what equated to, what, to his impact on the court. He's a first and third quarter guy. He's an Amari Stoudemire. Will score 14 points, get six rebounds in the first quarter, and end with 16-7. and seven. That's what he's always been. He's never been the clutch guy you could trust. He's never played defense, which Kevin Love doesn't either, so that's not really a fair point. But LeBron has never played with a guy that has the skill set that Kevin Love has. Coupling him with Tristan Thompson, Anderson Varejao, I think Anderson Varejao might be the one that gets traded with Andrew Wiggins, maybe Deion Waiters, they'll throw somebody else in there. But, I mean, I think it's a perfect fit in Cleveland. 
Kevin Love feels like a pariah in Minnesota, even though he kind of put it on himself because he said he's wanted to be traded ever since he got there pretty much. Kevin Love's injury history has got to be something that Cleveland is looking at. He's missed about a season in the last three seasons combined. So if Kevin Love is out, then you have LeBron James in the old Cleveland with with a, an above-average point guard and a bunch of little pieces. LeBron's future is predicated upon who he can get now. And I don't know if Cleveland can pull it off. I don't know if trading a potential superstar in this league for a guy that you know you know exactly what you're going to get. He does have a spotty injury past. I don't know if that is the best thing to do right now. Kevin Love is going to be a free agent at the end of next year. I think that if I were Kevin Love, I would play this year out, see what happens, see how Cleveland does, and they will free up cap space for you. You might have to take a little bit less money, but at least you know where you stood in that situation instead of just getting thrown in. You lose Andrew Wiggins, so if you don't perform right away, you get injured, there's going to be questions right away. Should we have traded? Was it the right decision? This kid's 19 years old. He's got his whole future ahead of him. We'll see. Kwame Lester, Sports Talk, VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. We can always do some entourage. Don't tease me, Kev. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Talking Kevin Love, Andrew Wiggins. Is it a correct decision for Cleveland to make the trade. I mean, obviously, on paper, yes. Take it. Unproven 19-year-old kid coming right out of college who's crushing it in the summer league, by the way. And Kevin Love, 25-12, and 23-10, and 23-14, and 14, injury passed. Doesn't play any defense. Defense has kind of become a, 
you know, an afterthought in the NBA for many teams. So if we score more than you, we will win. Phoenix Suns. Golden State Warriors, Ryan Brody. Do you take established stud athlete, not stud athlete, stud basketball player, Kevin Love, 25 and 12, or do you take a kid that has the upside of any great player to ever play the game? The skill, the skill set Andrew Wiggins has at his young age, his ability to be a lockdown defender. I read something somewhere that who he defended in college, all of the players that he defended in college had a combined field goal percentage of like 38%. Having a perimeter defender like him and a perimeter defender and low post defender like LeBron, Anderson Verjao, the offensive foul master, I can say that now because Derek Fisher's retired. I mean, it sounds pretty good to me. I personally would not trade for Kevin Love. I know that that's... It goes against rational thinking, and I try to do that from time to time. Keep what you have. These monopolies in the NBA don't work. I ripped Eric Spolstra yesterday, and, and I will continue to do so. That if they had a different coach, then they could have won all four. But it's still, two out of four is fine. Yes, championships are hard to come by. I understand that. But when you put three of the top 12 guys on, in the NBA on one team, you better win championships. The organic nature that San Antonio does things is how people used to do things. You draft, you pick up free agents, not for max contracts, and you play as a team in a system. They have an unproven head coach. They have a young core, and they have the best player on the planet. I'm not really sure why why you're not counting your lucky stars right now. Instead, you're like, oh, not good enough. We need somebody else. They would easily right now be a top three seed in the East. Easily. Easily. Indiana's dropped since Lance Stevenson's gone. Washington, good team. Toronto, good team over... I think they... uh, They... They did better than their talent was last year. Miami, five seed. If Chicago, if Derrick Rose comes back and he plays 82 games, which is lofty at this point, I mean, they could be up there too. But I think at this point, Cleveland is already a top two or three team in the East. So why do you need right now, why do you need to trade for Kevin Love? Players run the NBA right now. It's never good enough until you have an all-star team. Everything on paper is great. Miami, the first time, the first 17 games they played uh, together four years ago, they went 8-9. and nine. It takes a season sometimes to get the flow of new players on a team. And when you put two top-tier players in this league on the same team that didn't play on that team last year, 
It's going to take a while. And you could say that Dwayne Wade and LeBron James play somewhat of the same game. They're both slashers. You know, they're both perimeter guys. LeBron is a little bit better at, you know, uh, bodying up down low. Dwayne, Dwayne Wade's faster. But they kind of play the same position. Chris Bosh out, is an outside shooter. So you could say that with Miami, they picked three of... They didn't pick the best three guys to put on a team together right away because there was no balance. It was all perimeter or the guard slashing and, and, and getting buckets down low. With Kevin Love, if he were to go to Cleveland, they'd be playing totally different positions. It would take some pressure off LeBron from having to rebound, which is huge for him because you have to exert so much energy already as LeBron James on both sides of the court that having to rebound and be the leading rebounder on your team shouldn't shouldn't be part of your job description. And Kevin Love would take advantage, would take care of that. Tristan Thompson, take care of that. I still stand by my thoughts that you take a chance on the, this number one overall pick before making any decisions. Give him a chance. Don't exile him to Minnesota. Don't I, I, Kyrie Irving, Andrew Wiggins, LeBron James. That's a big three, potentially. And then you have nice, hardworking pieces down low. I don't think that Kevin Love is the answer. Now, having said all of that, I think they'll trade for him because it's LeBron's team. LeBron's making the decisions. LeBron is the mayor, captain, president, governor of Cleveland and Ohio. Johnny Manziel is his vice president. It will be doing a disservice to the Cavaliers and to the NBA if the, if the Cavaliers trade for Kevin Love. Tiger Woods, 3 over through 11. Rory McIlroy, 3 under, I think through 8 or 9. Rory's honed in. It's crazy that after him and Caroline Wozniacki broke up, he's just gone on a tear. I talked about this yesterday. I'm going to reiterate it today. That having balance in your life is a blessing. Especially if you're an elite athlete. Especially if you're a golfer. Because you have have nobody to blame but yourself. Having a long-distance relationship young puppy love that these two kids were were enjoying being at the top of both of their sports respectfully respectively it was too much it was too tough to balance i think rory's 24 maybe and she's around the same age so being in the spotlight both of you top of both top of your sports trying to run a long-distance relationship and make it work. It's too much to ask for. Tiger got there at a later age after all of his transgressions and everything that, that's happened with him. He's starting to kind of right the ship here. A lot of people will never forgive him for what he did. A lot of people forget what he did already. 
Rory's had a balanced life his whole life. And it's difficult, especially for for a younger guy, to be able to choose profession over somebody that you're in love with. And, and, And his game suffered. Financially, he didn't suffer. I mean, he's he's Rory McIlroy. He's he's he'll be set. But now, after you know they they've taken a break, they've broken up, and and he's getting back to golf. And the old adage of after a breakup, put your nose in work, and it, it it'll make things feel a little bit less numb. And I think that's what he's doing. And and he's he's doing incredibly well. Nine under through ele- uh, three under through eleven nine nine under overall. He's got a three shot lead. Sergio Garcia, Sergio Garcia, is six under, tied for second. We'll see if he can finally break through. There's so many great storylines in the in the Open Championship this year. Tigers won here before. Rory McIlroy somewhat on his home turf. Sergio Garcia has played the best golf in these in this round and a half than he has in a long time in a major championship. He was always known as the best player to never win a major. I mean, I think that's a little bit, a little too much. I think Colin Montgomery is probably the best player to ever not win a major. Sergio came in a couple years after Tiger did. Supposed to be, you know, Sergio and Tiger to the top. They went opposite ways. And Sergio just dropped the shot as I say that. So with Tiger, Rory, I mean, they have a lot in common in the regard of life is smacking them in the face. And, you know, I like to keep, I like to talk about sports for the majority of the time. But golf is so intriguing with regards to the mental game, the emotional uh, outliers of, of your personal life. Talked about Phil Mickelson yesterday, how he's, he's only had about 80% of the drive, if that, the Tiger has had in his career. But Phil has led, by all accounts, you know, a, a more balanced life. He's got a great family, two great you know, little girls. He's been with his wife forever. Battled breast cancer. Mother-in-law battled breast cancer. You know, and, 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 and he's come through it, and he's, he, he won the Open Championship last year. Finding balance in the sport of golf is very difficult, and I think that until you figure that out, your game your game's going to suffer. And if that's okay, if if you're not shooting for 18 majors to to break Jack's record, which is you know, no, I mean, nobody's ever going to get there. And I even said yesterday, Tiger's not going to get there because he has balance. I'm going to continue to say that word. It's just your job. Yeah, you're in the spotlight. You're making a lot of money. But if you have all, you know, you win every tournament, but you go home upset, lonely, you know, emotionally distraught, don't have a family, things like that, you're not happy outside of the world of golf, what's the point? And Tiger 2.0 is starting to get there. 37 years old. You're never too old to learn. 
And I think having perspective on his personal life will in turn allow him to flourish once again in his professional life. Come Lester Sports Talk, 888-346-9144. On the other side, I'm going to talk MLB All-Star Game and why I'm pissed that it still counts. I'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Is this Doogie Hauser? I know, because I heard you say it before we came back. Uh, hey, today, 346-9144. Alex Clancy, solo in studio today. Follow me on Twitter, at Clancy's Corner. Download the Voice America radio app. It's easy. You should do it. Download our podcast on iTunes. Third segment, Adam Wainwright, interviewed by Aaron Andrews. For, and first of all, Aaron Andrews has had two of the best interviews in the past year. First with Richard Sherman where he was ripping Michael Crabtree right after the NFC Championship game, and this one with Adam Rainwright. People are dogging her for not, do, not doing a good job, not you know being a real reporter, everything like that. I say that's bull malarkey. She got Adam Rainwright to, to say, yeah, you know, I gave him a couple bunnies, you know, to, to get him going. You don't give any sort of advantage to the opposite team in the Major League Baseball All-Star Game because everything counts. It determines home field advantage for the World Series. If you listen to this show at all, 
you know that I throw the microphone and headset every time we talk about this because I don't think the fans should have any say in who has home field advantage for the World Series. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I understand Bud Selig. Kudos to him for getting people to watch it. But there's got to be another way to get people to watch the All-Star game than to actually make it count. It's an exhibition game. It's an exhibition game. 40, 62 players, 62 players took part in the All-Star game. Then that does not include pitchers. 62 or 42? It's either 42 or 62. It's an exhibition game. Everybody plays two innings. It doesn't make sense, and the San Francisco Giants are the benefactor twice of this because they had a worse record than the American League team that they saw in the World Series, and they got home field advantage in both, and they won them both. It's not fair. The beauty of Major League Baseball, although it's long and boring sometimes, is the grind of the, uh, of the regular season. People take games off as it is. If you tell me that somebody that signs a $150 million contract is as driven as the person that signs a $3 million contract and is trying to keep a spot, you're high. Pass it to me. It's ridiculous. Because I feel like I would have to be inebriated to truly believe that the regular season shouldn't be the determining factor of who gets home field advantage in the World Series. Call me crazy. It only worked for, you know, 120 years before this, before this rule's inception. I think 2004? Come on. Might have been even later than that. I mean, it's, it, it's ridiculous. It, it's, it's ridiculous, and Adam Wainwright, it's like, yeah, you know, what, keep your mouth shut. If you did it, keep your mouth shut. You're one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball. You know how to pitch around, guys. I mean, I understand you pretty much have to pitch around the whole lineup in an All-Star game if you're going to do that. But even having the thought to say something about piping a couple strikes down the middle to uh, Derek Jeter is... is it, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So... What can Major League Baseball do to make the All-Star game, you know, relevant, keep the ratings up? Nothing. And that Bud Selig knew that, and that's why he had to make a change. I mean, it's really drastic. It's really, really drastic. Because half the people that are playing in the All-Star game won't even make it to the playoffs. You really think, I mean, it's, it's, it's unfair. It casts a little bit of a shadow on the regular season. Like, as long as you make the playoffs, you have a chance to have home field advantage if you're the American League. Records mean nothing once you make the playoffs. Yes, you have to go on the road if, if you have, if you have a, a worse record than, than your opponent in the first round. And the uh, and the ALCS, 
People come out of the wild card and win World Series. I mean, they do that in, in baseball more than any other sport. Football's probably second. But the All-Star game being the determining factor on who gets home field advantage in the World Series is malarkey. It's just not something that even should have come into the thought process of Bud Selig. It just isn't. And Derek Jeter, yes, went out in the fourth inning, standing ovation. I've said, and I'll continue to say this, that he's the only player that is his, that is fully deserved the $100 million contract or more that that he uh, that he signed. What he's done for baseball, he's never been the best player. He's never hit the most home runs. He's never driven the most uh, uh, runners in. He's never had the highest batting average. But he's the captain. He took a Yankees franchise put it on his back, and won multiple World Series. Some of the most iconic plays in Yankee history. And I think, and this might just me being generationally biased, but I think he's the best Yankee ever. And I think it's easy to, easy to look at him as that for a couple reasons. Number one, he didn't have the best numbers, but he was still, you know, he was still there. He was always relevant. He was always looked at in the postseason as their as the most clutch player wearing the pinstripes. And number two, he rarely missed games. Rarely, even when he got injured two years ago, he tried four times to come back last year, three times to come back. Went on the DL. Try to come back as quick as possible. He's been in the league 20 years. It took A-Rod six months to get surgery. So everything that Derek Jeter has done, all of the the, the, the backhanded flip at uh, to get the runner out at home plate, him diving into the stands, him being a model citizen. I mean, yes, he is kind of a... Casanova or there's something like that. I don't, I don't really know exactly what to call him. With, with the care packages and the limo and everything, he's always been very respectful. He's just a good guy. Under the biggest lights in baseball, which are slowly starting to dim, but he was the pinnacle. He was the focal point of every Yankees team that he's played on. And say what you want about home runs and RBIs and Mr. October and, and, and everything like that. I truly believe that he will go down as the best Yankee ever. Back to reality, though. He shouldn't have started in the All-Star game. Adam Wainwright made a mistake in pitching him you know, a, a couple easy ones. These things turned into runs. This is... This is putting the National League in the backseat in the World Series. 
Adam Rainwright made a huge mistake, and, and I really think that if he had to, he had the chance to do it all over again, he wouldn't have done it. He would not have done it. Tracy McGrady just retired from baseball. Not sure if you knew that he played baseball, but he pitched uh, six and two thirds innings uh, for the Sugarland Skeeters. Yeah, that's a team. Six and two thirds innings over over his career with them. All he wanted to do was strike somebody out. That was his whole goal. Give up five runs in six and two thirds. Walk ten. Zero strikeouts. Somehow made it to the All-Star Game, the Atlantic League's All-Star Game on Wednesday, through one and a third innings, and he struck out his last batter and abruptly retired right after. See, this is cool. I mean, this is a cool story to me. Tracy McGrady was a great player in the NBA. He was hit with the injury bug pretty much his whole career. Going to Orlando, then Houston, Throwing 12 points in 33 seconds, though, was still one of the best segments, one of the best parts of a basketball game in NBA history. When you have a bad back in basketball, it's, it's a death sentence. But he got to live his dream, and he did it differently. He didn't do it like Michael Jordan did, where his, his head didn't fit into any room that he walked into. He goes, yeah, I want to play baseball. Sorry, guys. I'm going to go take a sabbatical from the NBA because I'm too good, and you know, I just want to go play baseball. This was at the end of his career. I mean, he's, he's in his upper 30s, seven-time NBA All-Star. And, and this is, I, I just, I like the story. I mean, I, the Sugarland Skeeters, I'm not really sure if that's the final name you should choose for a, uh, for a baseball team, regardless of what level you're playing on. But good for Tracy McGrady. I hope he makes it back to basketball and uh, gets in somebody's front office. Because he was a good player. He was a really, really good player. And yeah, he was in. Uh, he, he jacked him like, like you've never seen. But he was a good player, respected guy. And I'm happy that he got his, uh, his strikeout in the Atlantic League. Cuomo Lesser Sports Talk, Alex Clancy in studio. Final segment on the other side. I'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Oh, I could listen to this all day. Corm Lester Sports Talk, Alex Clancy in studio. Final segment. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner, 888-346-9144. Los Angeles Lakers signed Carlos Boozer. Amnestied by the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls are still on the hook for 13.6 mil that he's owed in 2014, 2015. With the amnesty clause provision, he goes to the highest bidder. The Lakers were the highest bidder at a whopping $3.25 million. Wow. Carlos Boozer used to be an all-star. I've talked to Mass about him a lot. Um, first and third quarter player, as, as I stated earlier in the show. He averaged 13 and 8, which, I mean, they're fine numbers. But they're misleading. I have to check the numbers, but I'll bet he's one of the top first-quarter scorers in the NBA. Hits his little 15-footers when he's fresh, coming right out of warm-ups, pumped for the game, gets some rebounds, and then disappears. He didn't play in the fourth quarter in most games with Chicago because Tom Thibodeau trusted Taj Gibson more. That says something right there. He's soft. You know, he's a rebounder, but quality rebounds, he's not banging down low for rebounds. He's an energy guy. You know, he, he has great energy. You can tell, and I will, I will respect people till the end of time for this, that he loves basketball. He is so energetic. He gets in people's faces. He, he pumps people up when they're down. He gives people high fives, screams like nobody's business when good things happen, bad things happen, when the ball goes off his fingertips out of bounds. He's passionate. He is 100%, has always been, even at Duke, passionate. And that, that's lacking in, in, in many people in the NBA and other sports because people lose that passion when they get paid. And I will always say that. So he goes to the Lakers, not a bad fit. Now the Lakers can win 25 games this year. I'm not sure if, the, if this is the best way to go about things, I'm not sure if the Lakers shouldn't have just tanked again. Let Kobe come back from rehab, rehab throughout the year and play, you know, play 28, 30, 32 minutes a game and then get another top 10 pick. But this is, this is LA. This is not Cleveland. This is not Milwaukee. This is not Charlotte. This is not Minnesota. It's LA. This is not the same LA. And if one more person tells me that it's the Clippers' town now, I'll flick them in the forehead. Because it's not. The Clippers haven't won jack. So that, in and of itself, is a Travis Shea mockery. But Boozer going to the Lakers, that's fine. You know, it's fine. He'll be, he'll be a good piece. He'll be off the books. You know, the Lakers are going to have a lot of cap space. They're going to have draft picks next year. Jeremy Lin, they'll probably let go. Unless, unless he has a great year, which he could. You know, another guy that doesn't really play defense, turns the ball over a lot, shoots too many threes. Perfect for the Lakers. 
I'm not the one. The one thing that I'm not really sure about is: does this put Julius Randle on the bench? Is Robert Sacre their starting center? Because Carlos Boozer can't play center. He's six nine. Plays like he's six. Well, he's not even six nine. I don't think, but he plays like he's six four. I'm not sure what they're going to do in the center position. On a positive note, Nick Young has taken that city by storm. I always thought that he was kind of self-involved, out for me. I'm going to shoot everything right when I get it. And to a certain extent, he does. But that's what he's there for. That's what a, sh- a shooting guard does, is jacket. That's, that's what his job is. But the whole Swaggy P thing and, and how he was at the ESPYs, he's a really endearing kid, and he's still young. So I think if the Lakers held on to him and they signed him to a deal, which is great. Losing Jody Meeks was fine. Keeping, keeping a Swaggy P was better. Julius Randle. You have Jordan Clarkson. Kid out of Missouri, 6'5 point guard. This is a new era the post Jerry Buss era in the in the Lakers organization, and for everything that I've said about monopolies and everything like that, the Lakers would always bring in the next best center: Will Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Shaq, Dwight Howard. I mean, he didn't work out so well, but now they have to do it the San Antonio way. No big free agents want to come to LA right now. No big free agents want to play with Kobe. So when Kobe's done, more or less, in two years, it's going to be a young team. Hopefully Julius Randle will will start to get the NBA way of playing after two years. Hopefully he'll still... Hopefully his rebounding skills will translate from the college level to to the pro level. Hopefully Kevin Durant comes to the Lakers. Hopefully Marcus Gasol comes to the Lakers. But at this point, nobody wants to play with Kobe. He is probably the number one most respected player in the NBA still, but nobody wants to play with him. He could have left LA a couple times. And he didn't. He didn't. He didn't chase. And that has to have innate respect that comes along with it. Especially with how free agency has, has just gone wild over the past few years. It's like people in corporate America that choose their own schedules. That choose when they're going to come to work, when they won't what shifts they're going to work and then just, you know, you have the suits up there, just sign off on it. That's pretty much what the NBA is right now. The employees are running the league. But Kobe has always stayed. Yes, he asked for way, 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 way too much money. I almost threw up when I saw the two-year $48 million. I, I honestly almost threw up. Because that means that He's getting paid. Why should I take a pay cut? He was quoted as saying. Steve Nash, $10 million this year. Yeah, I'm staying for the money. I mean, fair. But that's a way lesser degree than, than crippling the whole franchise for two years so Kobe Bryant can get paid. 
I mean, it's, it's selfish, but you can't help but respect the guy. He wants to win every time. He's, he's got the Derek Jeter mentality. He loves the sport in which he plays. He's loved it since day one. And he will love it more when he retires. I mean, it's just... It, he's done a lot for the game. Better, worse, indifferent, whatever. He's been a great player in this league. But nobody wants to play with him. Because he still thinks he's 28. He still thinks that he can rise up. He can barely dunk anymore. If Kobe comes in to the 2014-2015 NBA season and becomes a facilitator, Lakers can make the playoffs. And that, I know, I know, I know. That, that's crazy to say. But Kobe went on a sick run of averaging over 10 assists a game you know, for about a, a 12-14 game stretch last year. Two years ago. If he can facilitate and let these young kids kind of do their thing, because they can probably all beat him running up and down the court at this point. Who knows? I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But I think if, if Kobe can average... You know, 18 and 8 assists instead of 23 and 4 on 15, 18, 20 shots. If he can kind of segue into that, this could lengthen his career. He could easily play another four years if he changes his game completely. And Kobe's always been ahead of the curve in changing his game to allow father time in. Instead of thinking that, you know, he's going to play the same way, Chris Bosh, and not change anything, he's cultivated his game around his age. And if he can continue to do that, if he can notice that he's not who he used to be, he still has a great eye, he still has great court vision, he can pass when he wants to, he can play another four years. I'm just curious to see what happens. So, Carlos Boozer... Highest bidder, Los Angeles Lakers, $3.25 million. Probably started power forward. Probably put Julius Randle on the bench, which I think is not the right thing to do. But it's Jim Buss. He has a ponytail. I told you, don't trust ever trust anybody with a ponytail. That's my disclaimer for the day. 888-346-9144. You have about 45 more seconds to call in. No, you have zero seconds to call in. Alex Clancy, thanks for listening. Follow me on Clancy, uh, on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. See you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.